Welcome to the Volition of Liberty podcast. I'm your host, KJ, as always. And today's kind of kind of episode one-ish. Uh, what I wanted to do was start, start out by just getting some questions and comments from the community that I've built up uh, with knowledge that I have, with the life that I lead, with who I am, let people bounce back and forth on what they want to hear, what they want to know, what they want to see. And as I phrased it, I mean, I can't, I can't know my goal without a target, you know, so I can't, can't sit here and preach about anything, home setting and prepping and self-reliance and anything else without knowing where, where my community is on their phase of the journey. So uh, what I want to do is throw out a question to the community and kind of see where everyone was at and see how I could help. Um, I guess, fortunately and unfortunately, um, I got hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of, uh, of questions all over, all over the spectrum. Uh, so I guess what we're going to have to do is really just start from ground zero and hope everybody hangs on for the, for the ride and kind of, kind of see how it goes and I can help you as much as I possibly can. So, um, kind of preface the preface episode. I, I posed a question to the community of, I mean, pretty much how can I help you? Where, where can I be of most effect? And where are you at in your self-sufficiency journey? Those sort of things. And the responses I got back were just all over the board, and it, which was amazing. I mean, it, it's really, really good to see that because I can sit and preach about anything. Anything that has to do with self-sufficiency. But unless I know what's going to land with people, it's really difficult to do that. So... Uh, got quite a few questions really just based around the kind of the startup, the, the ground, the ground level areas. And, uh, I'll, I'll try and kind of collate them into one sort of thread and conversation here, but there's, there's a lot of really good stuff that, that isn't going to land with everyone, but it's going to land with a certain you know, set of people. Uh, and there's some that, you know, may not land with very many people, but that's, that's the whole thing. We're going to just try and help as many people as we can. And I'm going to spread as much knowledge as I can. If, and if I don't know the answer to your questions, or if I don't know the scenarios you're in or the experiences that you need to be able to hear, to be able to adapt knowledge into your everyday life and self-sufficiency and no matter how that looks, by the way, uh, then I'll just call someone and we'll have a guest on the podcast and they'll be able to tell you those things. So, uh, we'll kind of start it off just, just real basic because this is something that uh majority of the homesteaders, self-sufficiency people, uh, permaculture, you know, you name it. Uh, what they immediately get into is chickens. And that's, I mean, that's, 
that's a super easy choice, right? Chickens are low maintenance. They give you eggs. You know, they don't make a lot of mess. They'll make a lot of noise. If you get a rooster, obviously you're going to get a lot of noise. Uh, but I had somebody ask me, how many hens does one need to start a coop? And that all depends on, well, what kind of land do you have? I mean, I've been, I've been quoted on other podcasts saying you can have chickens in an apartment on an apartment balcony in an extra large dog carrier. So it really depends on your application. What do you, what do you plan on doing with the chickens? Are you, are you going to continue breeding those chickens? How many eggs do you want a day? So you have to factor all these, all these sort of things in that, you know, if you want to start a chicken coop, well, your bare minimum to me is going to be three hens and one rooster. Now, for a lot of people in this nation, uh, they won't be able to have a rooster. So your hens are going to be a little bit pissed off all the time. And uh, their literal heat cycles are going to kind of be all over the place. Uh, Well, I guess we should preface it. Um, Hens like having sex with roosters. So there's there's some anatomy for everybody real quick. Is that when uh, mammals go into heat, they like to have sex with uh, the patriarchy. So uh, it, it all it all depends on your application. You know, if 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 you want to start yourself a little chicken flock. That's that's a little bit different than, uh, you know, starting a whole egg laying operation or or meat chickens. Uh, the meat chicken operation is as desired. I mean, you can you can scale that all over the place. Uh, your rotation is generally going to be in the seven week range uh, for meat chickens, especially with like road rangers, um, things like that. You build yourself some chicken tractors. Uh, you're you're about you're about seven weeks to where hey all those chickens in that chicken tractor they go and die. I'm going to put them in the freezer. So you better have another set ready to slaughter a week or two behind those and then scale it, scale it, scale it to where you have four or five rotations going at the same time. So that way, no matter what happens throughout a 365 day calendar year, you're always putting meat in the freezer as far as, uh, you know, chicken protein goes. You know, and that and that same sort of scaling pattern happens with any red meats, you know, goat, lamb, beeves, whatever. You have to have a rotational pattern to it. Uh, but as far as the base root of the question goes, how many hens? Definitely three. Definitely three. Even without a rooster, uh, during, during a normal laying season, you know, excluding winter, you're at least going to get three eggs a day, assuming they're healthy and they're well taken care of. Uh, three eggs a day, you know, 21 eggs a week. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. You can definitely raw dog and slonk 21 eggs a week to, you know, get your masculine gains and raise them T levels. Uh, one of the 
next like question threads that I got was was someone who I don't I don't know if they're just starting or if they just have always had these questions or who knows but uh, it was it was just a you know chickens or ducks livestock when do I plant medicines long-term storing of food so it's just it's kind of all over the place so uh, the question it it ended with um, how do you talk to your significant other about being self-sufficient right and the, and this question thread was all over the place with livestock with homesteading with canning and freezing goods with long-term food storage with everything else and that one kind of it kind of set me back because I've always thought about you know me being able to deliver information and tips and tricks and how to's and you know fuck the fed obviously welcome to the podcast if you didn't know that beforehand and it, it really got me thinking about like well you know if i wasn't in my current scenario how how, how would i go about you know talk to my wife about like oh hey by the way uh we're gonna be poor and broke and that doesn't actually mean anything. So what I mean by that is when you when you become more self-sufficient, monetary goods and services and value no longer really mean anything. They don't hold weight, right? Because money is just a storage of time. It's your time in the future. It's your time in the past. How you are able to trade it and build value for your life is where the value in it actually is. Um, Insert Bitcoin here. Bitcoin solves this. Um, And so if, if I had to sit down with my wife, you know, today, she obviously understands that. She understands where we are. She understands where we're going. And me being able to portray that has taken a lot of years. It's taken a lot of years of unpacking, unpacking what society has built into everybody, unpacking what the system has said is normal and what you should be doing. You should be grinding away at a nine to five job and you should be coming home every day and wasting your fucking time by not doing anything productive, right? You know, watch Monday night football, drink some Keystone ice. I use Keystone ice in that reference because it has higher alcohol content, by the way, for the young people listening to this, just get wild, go for it. But there's no, there's no substance to it, right? There's no meaning. There's nothing tangible to really anything that anyone's doing right now. The only people actually doing shit is farmers and, you know, your, your local trades groups, your plumbers, HVAC, roofers, shit like that. Like anything else is just money changing. That's it. 
<laughs> that's all it is. I mean, there, you can't prove me wrong. It's just moving money around with commerce and with the usury over and over and over and over again. It means absolutely nothing. What means something is my top four, food, water, shelter, heat. If you are able to provide that to your family, everything, everything downstream from that is a bonus. And we're like, I did not bring the faith question into this because that's a whole last other thing. But what you are able to provide for your family in tangible matters is food, water, shelter, heat. And so it's, you're going through the grind. Hey, I come home every day. I'm working nine to five and this is what I brought home. Okay. So your girlfriend's sitting on the couch and she's waiting for you or she comes home from work at the same time. You guys have some bullshit dinner that none of you planned beforehand. So you have to order out or, oh, whoops. Well, I have this. Well, I guess we can just microwave this. Let's watch something on Netflix. Do you see the pattern I'm building here? It's all, it's all bullshit, folks, and it's bad for you. That's a George Carlin quote. One of, one of the greatest writers that happened to be a comedian ever. All of this, all of this that you've been fed, that you've been just throat fucked with, is bullshit. And the quicker you wake up and realize that, the better off you are going to be for the battles that are going to come in the future. Uh, now, th those are mainly going to come with the obvious ones. And if you don't know these are obvious, you need to start reading and paying attention more. Monetary reset and one world government. That's coming. That's coming. Now, being as the position that I'm in, I don't really have to worry about that. I don't. And it's not a defeatist thing. A lot of people have uh, have harped on me about, you know, it's a, it's a reclusive thing and it's, and it's me retreating. <laughs> it's, you know, me, me admitting defeat and I'm just going to take care of myself and my family and whatever else. Fuck you. <laughs> that, that couldn't be farther from the truth. I am one of the biggest culture warriors that you're going to find. But what I do know is that I need to hedge my bets. Not only will I fight for the culture, but I'm going to damn sure make well that my family's taken care of in the process. If you can't look out for you, number one, and your family, you're not going to make it anyways. So there's no point in fighting for it if you can't even take care of your shit. That's an important distinction. So we'll keep going through some of the questions here. My daughter wants to know why Foghorn Leghorn wears boxers under his feathers. Well, Foghorn Leghorn packing. That's why. Follow up. Do you have an exit strategy or do you plant your feet and fire? Now, uh, that very much gets into the uh, Fed post situation. Uh, I don't have an exit strategy because I don't need one. That does not look the same at 
all for anyone anywhere in this country. That is all very situational in the country, hell in the world. That's all very situational. Uh, I happen to have found a gold mine into where I move my family. Um, there's only one road in and one road out. And whoever decides to drive in, A, has to go over a bridge, and B, you turn broadside to me twice in an almost mile road. So not only do I get to see you, I get to see you for a long time before you get here. And there's a bridge. Like there, there's just so many, there's so many different, uh, you know, bug out realities to my little homestead situation. So it's, uh, you know, it's not that I'm lucky. It's that I, I found this place and I was like, yep, this is, this is it. Oh, let's see. Um, freezing meat. What is the longest time for each type? That is ish dependent on uh, on kind of your your area. Um, the higher the humidity, the more chance you're going to have a spoilage. My basic rule of thumb is that I will go and buy uh, quarter beef, quarter pig. And I will bring it back home. I'll try and process it within about a week. You know, I'll throw it in the freezer. If I know if I know I'm going to have the chance within three or four days, I'll just keep it in the fridge. Uh, I will process it down, um, make it into general cuts that my family is going to use. Um, if you guys aren't doing this yet, now would be the time to try and learn to do it. Um, you know, go to your local, uh, what I call sack and save but it, it's gone through like five names now in the last year. It's, it was cash and carry. And then it was like smart food service. And now it's like U S food stores, a UF U S chef store or something like that. Uh, but they sell, uh, some really high quality meats for restaurant prices. As far as, you know, if you work at a restaurant, so it's wholesale prices. Um, you can go and, you know, get briskets and get quarter pigs and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but the kicker is you have to bring it back home to make the value for it. You have to process it yourself, you know, and you go to your local that store or Costco and get a couple rolls of freezer paper. Cut it down into the cuts that you want. Save all your trimmings for stews. Save all of your fats to render it down to make tallows. And, um, you know, just make a jar of lard. So that way you can have it sitting on the counter to put into your cast iron pans, which you should be using instead of any of the bullshit war chemical pans that you're probably using right now. Stop that. Teflon is a war chemical. Throw it the fuck out. Just get rid of it. It's done. That's not a thing. You threw it away and you went and bought some cast irons. Thank me later. But um, for meat preparation wise, like six months ish 
is kind of the rule of thumb that I try and stick to. I know that the meats that I buy, I'm going to use within a six months time frame. Um, but you have to plan out that far as well. You know, you can't just, you can't just go buy a bunch of stuff like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I bought a couple hundred dollars worth of meat. Like, okay, you have the meat, but what are you actually going to do with it? If you don't portion out your meals, you don't portion out, you know, stews and roasts and bakes and steaks and whatever it may be. I felt like Dr. Seuss just then, cause that rhymed, uh, then you're just going to waste your money. And it's going to sit in the freezer longer than you would like it to. Uh, and you have the chance for it to, you know, get freezer burnt, just like, just like anything else. Um, if you have the luxury to hang dry your meat, fantastic. If you have the space to do it, and if you have, you know, the infrastructure to do it, then great. You know, go buy a bunch of meat, salt the fuck out of it and hang it up and just let it be you know, and then just cut off strips as you need, you know, beef and pork are great for this. They're absolutely great for this. You can hang cuts, salt pack the hell out of them and just slowly cut off the chunks that you need. And you're going to, you're probably going to stretch out your meat to about a year. Uh, but then you have the salt cost as well. So just, just make sure you're ready for that. There's always, always the trade-off. Uh, I did, I did get a, an interesting question. Uh, and it was, it was based off of financial freedom. Now I am not fully financially free yet as much as much as uh, we wish to be. I'm still going through this process. I've been on this homestead journey since 2017, something, some years now, but we also dug ourselves into a hole in those years prior. And so it's taken some time to try and get out of it and pay off debts and to become more sovereign and everything else. And a majority of what I'm trying to do is do everything we can ourselves, no matter what it is in the house, outside the house, doesn't matter. But the question was best way to get to a point of financial independence to begin pulling away from the system. My best recommendation from that Start stacking sats. Start putting some money into Bitcoin. 1% of your paycheck. Two, three, four, whatever it is. Whatever your 401k is right now. Most people have, you know, 3% and, you know, company matches 3%. You can go up to 8%, whatever it is, right? Take your, take the stock market and your 401k and put it against the graph of Bitcoin and you tell me which one is doing better. Bitcoin's doing better. It's doing way better. It is doing worlds better. And, you know, for the people, oh, well, I want to retire, whatever. No, stop. Your retirement was stolen from you years and years and years ago. You ain't never retiring. You're not getting some cushy thing where you get to live in Naples or Palm Springs and you're just going to collect a bunch of money and have an upside down pineapple on your front porch and get to hang out with all the other swingers. Nope. That's not happening. That dream is gone. That got taken from you because your future has been sold out from under you by other people buying foreign debts. Now that used to be the case buying, you know, foreign debts. And now the U S is buying its own debt at a 60% tick as of recording. 
So that's not good at all. As soon as you get your own country not even being able to service its own debts, uh, that's the start of, uh, you know, the fall of Rome. If we're just going to paraphrase it. So um, start stacking a Bitcoin, start at 3%, just 3% every month. Start stacking, start stacking, start stacking, because the fiat system is going away very quickly. Uh, if you aren't abreast to that, I very much recommend hopping on Twitter. It's a horrible, horrible place, and I absolutely hate it. But uh, Bitcoin Twitter is a very valuable place. Um, you can also go on Instagram, follow the Bitcoin Coach, very valuable resource. Uh, you can follow my friend Will at Renaissance of Men. He has been trying to get as many people into the Bitcoin space um, as he can. Uh, Laser Hoddle on Twitter is also another really just amazing resource of a mind, and we should protect him at all costs. But that would that would be my first step: is no matter what, no matter where you're at in your job, your career, your whatever financial situation you're in, start leveraging your money, which is just time stored, into something that is actually going to be unfuckwithable. That's it. Welcome to the orange pill. Uh, got another question. How many animals do you keep per person in household for sustainability? That's not a thing. That is not a thing. Um, that is all relative to people's land space. You know, someone says that I've got, you know, a quarter acre and I want to have 80 chickens. Badass. Make 40 of them egg layers, make 40 of them meat chickens. You're fed for years, years and years and years and years and years. If someone says, I have a quarter acre and I want to have goats, great. Have a buck and have a doe and they're going to reproduce. And you're going to get milk and you're going to get babies and they're going to reproduce and you're going to get milk and you're going to get babies. So it's, it's all, it's all varying in what you want to do. You know, what are you good at? What are you scared of? If something that you're scared of do that thing, that's it. That that's it. That that's kind of the homesteading little hack is what are you scared of doing? Do that with full force. Because that thing that you were scared of was way down on your list of shit that you wanted to try and you were able to make it work or you were able to make it fail. Great, you made it fail. Now you learned how not to do it. All the other stuff is all the pomp and the fluff and everything else that you know you can already do anyway. Challenge yourself because no one is coming to save you. That's it. You're doing this on your own. You're doing this for your family. You're doing this to become more proficient and self-sufficient and sovereign from any system or societal norms or things that everyone else thinks matters and it doesn't at all. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it this time. Start finding out what is important to you and how you can make it a reality. And don't let other things and laws and rules and boundaries and HOAs like, and this, I'm, I'm going to rant on this for a second. Anyone who's actually paying an HOA, fuck you, man. Weak. 
Stop doing that. You are already paying police in your community, whether it's your city cops or your county cops, sheriffs. And then you're, you're going you're gonna to double pay some fucking dweeb in a polo, probably wearing white shoes, by the way, and khakis to drive around on a golf cart and come knock on your door and tell you that a light bulb was out on your house and that you can't have chickens or your neighbor heard you fart too loud. Get the fuck out of here. Just absolutely retarded. Any of you that are in an HOA, go knock on four or five of your neighbor's doors, and I guarantee most of them also hate that they got themselves into that situation. Bing, bang, boom. You just beat the HOA. All four or five of you people, as neighbors, do whatever the fuck you want. All of you just get chickens. All of you decide to, hey, let's knock down our fences in between each other and let's start a big-ass community garden. Great. It doesn't matter what other people... Oh, you can't do that. The fuck I can't. This is my land. This is my neighbor's land. We're going to grow food. We're going to feed our families. We're going to raise our children. That's how strong communities are built. Not have a, these little fucking cheerleaders riding around in golf carts with little flashy lights. Get the fuck out of here. Like it... Ugh. People have been cowed so bad off of little small intricacies and bullshit and nanny state situations that they've allowed themselves to be involved in. So quit doing that. And that's where we're going to end it tonight. Fuck the Fed. Fuck HOAs. See you next time.